0: You are now tuned in to The Spectator's Spectators. Podcast. What is happening, you guys? Welcome back to The Spectator's Podcast. I'm Packy, and this is episode 111, episode 111. Hope you all had a beautiful weekend and a wonderful Monday. I hope you're all staying healthy and and COVID-free with the holidays coming up and and cases spiking in, in different areas. 2020 continues on. Craziness abounds. I'm realizing this is the most random podcast of all time. Like, I don't know how you would even describe this to somebody that's never heard it. Like, oh, Packy just talks for a half hour, usually about like two topics, and it could be from any area of life massive or absolutely tiny. Just zero consistency. Does that intrigue you? I really don't know how I how I settle on the few things I end up talking about each week. Sometimes I look at my notes and I'm like, "Really? Really, dude? All the all the things going on in the world and these are the two things you think need to be discussed this week?" I'm a loser, but alas, here we are. Subscribe to The Spectator's Podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. If you want to go the extra mile, leave a five-star review. Thank you to all the loyal listeners, and let's pod. You are now tuned in to The Spectator's, Spectators. Podcast. Obviously got to start with The Masters. You guys know I'm a golf nut, and The Masters is the the pinnacle of that. I'm a big Ryder Cup guy as well, but other than that, The Masters is, is the pinnacle I hope this can put a rest to all the Bryson DeChambeau panic in the golf world. He barely made the cut this week, didn't do anything this weekend. People way overhyped the amount that his extra distance contributed to his U.S. Open win. DeChambeau was, he was a really good golfer before all this bulking up and adding distance. And that's what I think a lot of casual golf fans have no idea of. And big golf fans forget. Well, I don't know why. Like, they just forget that he's a he's a U.S. amateur champ and he'd won big tournaments on the PGA Tour before all this. And he was super young. So if he never did all the balking up and the crazy science and, and stuff that people love to talk about, it wouldn't have been a shock at all to have him win a major or two. But in the U.S. Open the guy putted his ass off. He wedged it well too, but obviously you can say, oh, the driving contributes to the wedge game. But like I said, the putting was incredible and that's why he won. 20 extra yards off the tee doesn't make you the favorite to win anything. You have to have a well-rounded game, which he has. If he wins majors, that's why he'll win. Not because he can hit it 20 yards further than the next guy. So, Congrats to to Dustin Johnson. Happy to see him get another one. He's too good of a golfer to go down in in history as only a one-time major winner. Once you get that second one, I think you establish yourself as one of the one of the best golfers of your generation. It's hard to win a major, but you do get random guys that have a good week that can pop up and win a major. You win two of them, you really separate yourself and obviously he could go out and, and win more. I I hope he does. I like Dustin. Hopefully next year we can get back to having fans out there on the course. Wasn't the same watching it without that aspect. And I'm sure it wasn't nearly the same playing in it without the fans. You always hear that at Augusta, how you hear the roars on the different holes and it's, it's just crazy like that for the players. So it had to be a little disappointing to not have them there this, this year, but obviously you got to do what you got to do. That's one, one dream of mine someday is to, is to just go, watch a masters and see Augusta. I would love to do that. It's just so exclusive. You gotta like win a lottery to even be able to buy tickets. It's crazy. Or you gotta be well connected. So somebody somebody listening to this, hook me up. I don't know what, what type of connections we got out there, but someday I wanna I wanna take my pops there one time. But glad they were able to play it, crown a champion even through all this COVID stuff and and obviously Dustin Johnson was one of the favorites and, and deserved to win it. Um. All right. Let's talk about Taylor Swift versus Scooter Braun. So, Scooter Braun sold Taylor Swift's old masters. And if you guys don't remember, a while back, there was all this drama. I don't know. Maybe it was like a year ago between Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun about how he had the rights to her masters and wasn't giving him to her and all all this. I think we talked about it, but so Scooter Braun sold Taylor Swift's old masters for apparently $300 million. Wow. That's a lot of dollars. All right. So this is a lot to read, but I think it'll give you a better understanding of the situation if I just read it. So this is, This is a post from Taylor Swift, okay? After it was announced that this deal went through, Scooter Braun sold her master's for $300 million to an investment fund. So here's Taylor's post. I wanted to check in and update you guys. As you know, for the past year, I've been actively trying to regain ownership of my master recordings. With that goal in mind, my team attempted to enter into negotiations with Scooter Braun. Scooter's team wanted me to sign an ironclad NDA stating I would never say another word about Scooter Braun unless it was positive, before we could even look at the financial records of BMLG, which is always the first step in a purchase of this nature. So I would have to sign a document that would silence me forever before I could even have a chance to bid on my own work. My legal team said that this is absolutely not normal, and they've never seen an NDA like this presented unless it was to silence an assault accuser by paying them off. He would never even quote my team a price. These master recordings were not for sale to me. A few weeks ago, my team received a letter from a private equity company called Shamrock Holdings, letting us know that they had bought 100% of my music, videos, and album art from Scooter Braun. This was the second time my music had been sold without my knowledge. The letter told me that they wanted to reach out before the sale to let me know, but that Scooter Braun had required that they make no contact with me or my team or the deal would be off. As soon as we started communication with Shamrock, I learned that under their terms, Scooter Braun will continue to profit off my old musical catalog for many years. I was hopeful and open to the possibility of a partnership with Shamrock, but Scooter's participation is a non-starter for me. I have recently begun re-recording my older music, and it has already proven to be both exciting and creatively fulfilling. I have plenty of surprises in store. I want to thank you guys for supporting me through this ongoing saga, and I can't wait for you to hear what I've been dreaming up. I love you guys, and I'm just going to keep cruising as they say. Taylor. P.S. For transparency and clarification, I have included the letter of response I sent on October 28th to the private equity group who purchased my music. So I know that was kind of long, and I'm, gonna, I'm even going to read you this letter that Taylor wrote because I think it, it continues to help paint the picture. <clears throat> so she says... Thank you so much for your letter. Upon reading your kind words, I was thrilled with the idea of working with people who value art and understand how much my life's work means to me. I immediately began to plan all the ways we could work together on expanding and protecting my music while maximizing the outcomes for all involved, especially my fans. So regardless of the fact that it was the second time my masters have been sold without my knowledge while I was actively trying to purchase them, your letter brought me a great deal of hope for my musical legacy and our possible future together. This is why I was so disappointed when I learned that under the terms of your acquisition, Scooter Braun and Ithaca Holdings would continue to receive many years of future financial reward from my music masters, music masters, music videos, and album artwork. If I support you as you request, I will be contributing to these future payments to Scooter Braun and Ithaca Holdings. I simply cannot in good conscience bring myself to be involved in benefiting Scooter Braun's interests directly or indirectly. As a result, I cannot currently entertain being partners with you. It's a shame to know that I will now be unable to help grow the future of these past works, and it pains me very deeply to remain separated from the music I spent over a decade creating, but this is a sacrifice I will have to make to keep Scooter Braun out of my life. I'm very sorry he has put you in this position. I wish this could have had a better outcome, and please do let me know if your firm is ever completely independent from Scooter Braun and his associates. I feel the need to be very transparent with you. I will be going forward with my original re-recording schedule and will be embarking on that effort soon, I know this will diminish the value of my old masters, but I hope you will understand that this is my only way of regaining the sense of pride I once had when hearing songs from my first six albums and also allowing my fans to listen to those albums without feelings of guilt for benefiting Scooter. Sincerely, Taylor Swift. All right. This is just a sad situation to me. No artist should have to be separated from their music like that. It's crazy to me that it couldn't get to a point in the last year where both Taylor and Scooter have made goo gobs together, just unreal money, both of them. And they couldn't just come to an agreement where Scooter could get a boatload of money more from Taylor and, and Taylor could get the rights to her masters and they could part ways. It's just sad that after years and years of making money together, they're both filthy rich, that they couldn't just come to that agreement and go their separate ways. Now, Taylor's re-recording these old songs so that hopefully for her, these new recordings will get into rotation with her fans and and get new placements and whatnot, and, and the old masters will fall out of rotation. But that's just a mess. Like, I'm not trying to go re-record Wobbin or the campaign or something. You can't recreate those moments and those energies. It's just, it's really weird, and and it's whack as an artist, and I feel bad that she's in that. Situation. Um, It just sucks. The other thing is, it also isn't a shock to me, though. Taylor spent the last year bashing Scooter Braun publicly. And maybe her criticisms are 100% valid. But when you have the amount of influence of a Taylor Swift, 90 million followers on Twitter alone, And you spend a year bashing somebody saying things like um, Scooter Braun is the definition of toxic male privilege in our industry. Meanwhile, that guy you're talking about is literally the guy you want to buy your master's from. It just doesn't seem like a wise negotiation tactic. And then she's blown away he wants a non-disclosure agreement and whatnot. You just spent the last year telling everybody how shitty he is. You might be right, but he's saying, hey, we can talk about this deal if you stop telling people I'm shitty. I'm not on anybody's side here, but that doesn't seem outlandish to me. If you're Scooter and you can sell to some investment firm for $300 million and still have some type of future financial stake in those masters, that's one option. Or you can sell to Taylor Swift who, from the sounds of it, she hates your guts, you hate her guts. She's been publicly calling you out. No clue what her offer actually is, but guaranteed that you wouldn't have stake in the music. You wouldn't have any financial hold going forward. Those are your two choices as Scooter Braun. For a businessman, the choice seems relatively clear. The only argument for selling to Taylor Swift at that point is if you care about the art. And caring about the art involves caring about the artist. And obviously they hate each other's guts and Taylor hasn't even though she might be 100% right, she hasn't done anything to help ease that. And so it's it's a predicament. But yeah, if you care about the art, you should want the art in the artist's hands if you have those choices. Which is why even though I completely see a logic behind Scooter's stance and what he's doing as a businessman, I'm torn on the issue because I hate to see an artist separated from their music like that. That's shitty. It's a shame. Got to be a tough decision as a as a celebrity like Taylor trying to decide <clears throat> as they're going through this. Like I said, she's been bashing Scooter Braun and, you know, it's got to be a tough decision whether to use your influence to pressure somebody like that that you feel is taking advantage of you. Or do you be patient, swallow your pride, try to actually deal with this person to better your chances at the negotiation table and get yourself in a better pos- position long-term? Seems like she chose the wrong one, but hindsight is twenty twenty. 20-20. You know? I, it had to be a, 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 a tough process and a, and a tough decision and definitely an annoying thing to go through. Um, <clears throat> all right. The dumbest thing to cross my Twitter feed this week. This is, I might make this a new new segment. Uh, Shay Serrano tweets, a bunch of dorks getting mad about the idea of canceling out student loan debt for people, LOL. Please, God, never let me become one of those people who get mad when someone catches a break. Now, that's dumb, but it's not the dumb tweet that came across my timeline. So somebody responded to that tweet saying, I'm totally cool with people catching a break, but I want my share too. Just because I chose not to take out debt for school doesn't mean I don't deserve my cut. Nobody had to choose certain career slash school. It was their decision. So if we bail them out, I expect mine. So that's also dumb, but that's still not the one that came across my timeline. This is the one. Somebody quote tweeted that reply and said, These fucking guys, these, quote, I didn't do shit, but I still expect to get mine, guys. You are getting yours. Zero return on zero investment. That is the dumbest thing that I saw across my timeline this week. Somebody retweeted that onto my timeline. All right, let's talk about it. And keep in mind, my take Mind you, this is coming from a guy, me, that's dealt with and is dealing with student loan debt issues. But let's tackle this. The student loan debt issue. Here's my take. Universities are a scam. Unless you're becoming a doctor or something, the amount you pay to attend these universities, not just the expensive private ones, but public state universities, are outrageously expensive. Also, Contrary to what some people would have you believe, it isn't just the gender studies programs or the interpretive dance classes that are wastes of money. It's pretty much everything when you weigh out what they cost. There are tons of people out there with college degrees, good-paying jobs in their fields of study that live within their means but still can't pay off these loans in a, in a timely manner at all. Life is expensive. Shit happens that you don't expect people start families. Tuition at these universities is absolutely outrageous. And the reason I do believe it's a scam is that it's difficult to understand all of this as a 17, 18-year-old high school kid. Also as a parent, you realize that the job market is full of positions that require this college degree, and of course you want to set your kids up to be as successful as they can possibly be. You know, it's not You can be anything you want to be, Johnny, unless it requires a college degree. We can't afford that. No, you you make it happen as a parent. And that's why the system has has taken advantage of so many people and set them out in the world with mountains of debt. And the system needs to change. I think it's slowly changing as far as employers shouldn't require a certain degree um, in many situations that they do. Just interview the person, test their knowledge and skills, and if you like them, hire them. Lots of jobs today that require a bachelor's degree per se could be filled by plenty of people with high school educations. In fact, I'd argue that a lot of these employers are missing out on good people by not opening it up. But that's another discussion I'm getting sidetracked. But <clears throat> back to the to the dumb tweet. So that's my thoughts on, on universities and the student loan debt crisis which I'm firmly in. But as much as the system preys on us in that way, we, our 17, 18-year-old selves and our parents, we have a choice in the matter. There are multiple options on the table. You can decide not to attend college. You can go to a trade school, become an electrician, a plumber, graphic designer. There's lots of different types of trades you can learn without going into piles of debt. You can get a job in your field and start making money. You can attend community college. Much, much less expensive. But you still get an education. You still get that degree at the end of the road to slap on the table of your future employers. You also have the option of attending university and working a bunch of hours to help pay the tuition down while you're you're there. Obviously, this option has... Lots of hurdles and isn't for everybody, isn't even possible for everybody, but, but people have done it. That's what I'm saying. You can also take out the loans, attend the university of your choice, and then figure out how to pay the loans off when you're out, which is what most people decide to do. One thing that wasn't on the table when we made this decision, though, was take out this loan, attend the university of my choice, then have other people pay that loan back for me. If this were on the table for everybody, almost everybody would take that offer. But since it wasn't on the table, people chose different routes. Some people went to trade school. Some people went to community college. Some people busted their asses working multiple jobs, getting no sleep while attending college, sacrificing maybe some grades. Some people graduated and lived like they were in poverty for years to get those loans paid off. If you chose any of those routes... Your tax money should not be going to pay off other people's student loan debt, in my opinion. And this is what I can't stand about these dumb tweets. People don't seem to understand that money doesn't grow on trees. Glow and I have massive student loan debt. I would love for somebody to wave a magic wand and erase it. It would help us out unimaginably. But where does that money come from? No, it comes from the government. Well, where does the government get its money? From us. From our taxes. Let's say I have a neighbor. When he graduated high school. He didn't know what he wanted to do. He couldn't afford a university. Didn't want to take on that type of debt. So he decided to become an electrician. Maybe he would have gone into finance. If he attended college. <clears throat> but he didn't want that debt. That's his choice. He made it. His wife went to university. She racked up. $100,000 in student loan debt. She graduated, she's got a steady job. She's making 40k a year. They spent the last 8 years living in an apartment, not going out to eat, driving old used cars, never taking trips, and they finally paid off that 100k. All right? Meanwhile, I, their neighbor I went to university, I racked up the same amount, $100,000 in student loan debt. Got a job in my area of study making 50k a year. I've been paying off that 100k here and there, but I mean that's a lot of money. It's almost impossible to see myself paying that off. I live in this apartment next door to them. I I have a, a leased car. I go out with my friends all the time. I take one or two vacations every year, nothing crazy, just down south to some warmer weather. And now the government says they want to pay off my student loans. Dope, let's go. Are my neighbors supposed to be happy about this? People act like the government forgiving student loans is the equivalent of winning at the casino and other people are just jealous. No, the neighbors aren't pissed because you quote unquote caught a break. The neighbors are pissed because you're catching a break literally at their expense. They're funding you after funding themselves and you didn't fund them. <clears throat> and that doesn't sit right with me. And the end of this guy's tweet, he says, you are getting yours zero return on zero investment. What a dumb, but what a privile- privileged thing to say. You took money from somebody else in the form of a loan and used it to pay your tuition. That's the investment you're talking about? You moron. Oh, man, I'm out here investing in myself while, while you're doing nothing. My mom just gave me $100,000, and I put that in the stock market. Look at me. What are you doing? Uh, I'm working nine to five as an electrician, actually solving people's problems and, and earning an honest living. I can't handle this guy telling people that aren't in student loan debt, that they're getting zero return on zero investment, insinuating he or anyone that is in the mountains of student loan debt made some great investment. Is you dumb? If anything, if your debt is forgiven, these people you're talking to not only made their own investments, but they're also making yours. Man, people's stupidity and arrogance is, is mind-boggling. Also, the reason I, I, I also say the middle tweet, the guy who didn't want the debt forgiveness, whatever, his tweet was also dumb, is because he was talking about wanting his share too. No, you're almost as dumb as the rest of them. It's not about everybody getting their share. Oh, you got something, I want something too. That's a garbage outlook as well. You have a right to have a say in what your taxes pay for. And it shouldn't be based on just getting what you want to make your personal life better at all costs. Maybe a highway needs to be fixed somewhere that I'll never drive. But I'm cool with my money helping to fix that because other people need that. I'm not going to say, I'm only doing that if, if you fix the pothole outside my house now. But yeah, forgiving student loan debt is a massive sum of money that doesn't appear out of thin air. It's fair for people to be against that policy. And it's not fair to characterize them as, quote, being mad when someone else catches a break. Packy, somebody broke into my house and stole $20,000. Oh, was anybody hurt? No, they just took the money and left. Well, don't be so mad about somebody else catching a break, bro. Stupid. Now, there are intelligent, nuanced conversations to be had about the student debt crisis because I do think it's a bigger issue than just you chose to do that. I talked about it at the beginning of this segment. Society does tell us that we essentially have to go this route if we really want to make something of ourselves, and that's a big problem. And we we won't get into it today, but these mindsets that I see so often are just, they're just mind-numbingly dumb. You can, you can hate that your fellow American is in this debt situation without wanting your own hard-earned money to bail them out. That doesn't make you a bad person. I drive by or walk by homeless people all the time, and I hate that they're in that situation. I feel bad for them. Yet, I rarely give them money. And I don't think that makes me a bad person. On the other hand, you can also feel strongly that the student debt crisis is a a major issue and you want your money to go toward helping people in that situation. Shit. I hope my fellow Americans want that. It, it, it sure helped me out, but I don't expect that. I understand that I made choices that put me where I am just like other people made choices to put themselves in their positions. Some people got lucky. Some people didn't. Some people caught breaks. Some people didn't, you know, they don't owe me anything. I don't owe them anything. I'm, I'm sure if you could wave a magic wand and everybody's out of debt, we'd all sign up. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. So let's not boil it down to, you're mad that I'm catching a break. No, it's much more nuanced than that. All right, that's it for today, boys and girls. Like I said, where else can you get this type of random content? We talked about the student loan crisis. We talked about Taylor Swift versus Scooter Braun, and we talked about the Masters. I mean, if that isn't niche, I don't know what is. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you get to pod in your library right away. Holler at me at PackyRaps on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts, and I will talk to you guys next Tuesday. I'm a company man, I do it all for the brand, I give my blood to the job and I give my love to the fans, really spec for the job, never no check in advance, and at the end of the month I earn the check in my hand.